Well, the adventure came to an end, not the way that we wanted it to, but the silver and black season ended this afternoon in Cincinnati. Eddie Pascal here with my man Bruce Gretkowski in the fifth quarter. And we are really fired up, Bruce. Obviously, the result does not go the way that we want, but we are excited about the, the process, excuse me, the future of this team, the way that this team is built, everything moving forward. But today, unfortunately, the Raiders fall 26-19 and just not their day. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, look, how can you be upset if you're if you're a Raiders fan? I mean, yes, today didn't end the way we like, but man, the way they have fought through the end of this season, the last month of the season, I mean, you figure, honestly, they, they just won four playoff games yeah. to get to this playoff game today. Uh, tough one. And especially, too, you're going to look back at this film as a player, coaches, and know you know put your best foot forward. Some of the penalties, especially after big plays, getting called back, that was frustrating. Uh, but also to put themselves in position at the end there, Man, I'm sure Carr would like to have a few of those plays back. It was tough. But, you know, I, I think you're right. I think there's a lot to continue to be, a pr to be proud of, mm -hmm. but also to, to build upon. Uh, so we'll see. And, look, we're going to get into all the mistakes today, all the things that necessarily didn't go the way of the silver and black. But, Bruce, before we do that, we are on Twitch today. We are excited. We are back on Twitch. So for the people that are watching us on Twitch, please get in the chat, ask your questions. Bruce knows more football than I will ever know my entire life. So, please, he is a well, – a, oh, go ahead. I, I, I'm just impressed, man. I, I got my sweatshirt I know. Today. We got, we got you, you the merch. You, you didn't forget about it. I didn't forget I, I about like you it. because the I last like time it. we did this, a few years – a few weeks ago, you are like, I need the merch. I need the swag. So we came through. Big shout That's out to sweet. our merchandising like folks. It. We got you geared up. But seriously, get in the chat. Ask our or ask your questions. We will get to those throughout the day. But but Bruce, let's just start here, man. We look at the game, uh, and a game really that, I, in my opinion, is a microcosm of what this season was for the Silver and Black. Uh, unforced errors, kind of some of the mental mistakes at times. There at the end, right? And we've seen Derek pull this out so many times in 2021. But to me, when we look back at this game, it was a game defined as you get in the red zone and you settle for field goals, not touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the difference right there, right? I mean, I think the Raiders were one for five inside the red zone. The Bengals, not much better, two of five. But when you look at goal to go mm -hmm. and you get that opportunity, the Raiders 0 for two, the Bengals one for two. That's the difference right there. When you get that close to scoring, you got to put touchdowns on the board, not field goals, especially when you're in the playoffs and playing a good you know, football team, another good quarterback on their sideline. That's what's tough. Not, not very good in the red zone today. Um, a lot of things to kind of learn from. Be frustrated at not making plays, but another uh, point is the penalties. You yeah. know, there's some there's some big plays being made that got called back, and you know it's just unfortunate. But yeah, when you're in the scoring zone, you gotta you gotta try to find ways to to put not just points on the board, but put the ball in the end zone. And dude, I saw this crazy stat that about halfway through the, court, the third quarter, that all five of the Raiders starting offensive linemen got flagged for a penalty. Yeah. And when, dude, when you're on the road, when you're playing in a tough environment in the playoffs against a really good team, I mean, it's just not a cohesive way to play football and to win football games. And we saw that Barrett told And, and initially, believe me, I was, I was cussing the refs out. Like, come <laughs> on, man, that, that's not, you know, that's not holding. And then they show the replay, and I'm like, okay. You know, so it's, look, it's, it's about moving your feet. It's about getting and having the right angles and all that. And, and just you just can't grab. You know, if they if if an official sees a grab of the jersey or shoulder pad, they're gonna call it every day. And it was just unfortunate some of those came at just 
uh, the wrong time. Yeah, shout out to our, our man uh, in the chat who's proud of the proud of the guys today, proud of the boys, proud of the the fought that they, or excuse me, the fight that they had all season. And there's no doubt about that. And I think Bruce, you look back at, at this game now, a game that we feel probably should have ended differently. But I mean, you look at the 53 guys in that locker room, this coaching staff, all the crazy things that they have been dealt this year. And I don't think there's any reason, any fan or any of those players should hang their head at all tonight. No, absolutely not. I mean, this is a group really that that has pulled together this season after a long year. I mean, so many different things have come up this year that it did take some strong leadership from the players in the locker room, mm-hmm. from the coaches on the staff to pull these guys together, continue to have your focus on what you want. And to think how they got into the playoffs is impressive. I mean, because there is a point this season they could have laid down and said, you know what, Uh, we have an interim head coach, you know, all these situations that arose during the year. It it is what it is. This isn't our year. But that wasn't this group. And I think it came down to, and you saw it today, I mean, right before half, for, for the Raiders to put a drive together and score a touchdown, that was a huge play. Because if you go in, in, into halftime with only three points or six points, whatever we had, and, and, and give Burrow the ball back coming out of the second half, it, it's a different ball game. So that score right before halftime was a huge momentum shift to the Raiders. Yeah, and I mean, it kept them alive. And, and really, if we went into this game and you said, hey, Derek Carr is going to have a two-minute drill to win this football game or to at least get us into overtime, we would have taken that 100 times out of 100. But, but Bruce, I think... The catalyst for how successful this team was over the past month, I think, was the rushing game. And we go, go into the chat, and, and our man SMC rated goes, only 14 rushing attempts. Jacobs averaged over six yards a carry, which he did. Why did we get away from that? I know that the situation kind of dictates it in the game, but, I mean, Josh was running hard. He was running with purpose again. Yeah. But, I mean, we look at his numbers from today, Bruce, and, and you know, he goes 13 for 83. He's the only Raiders running back to carry the ball. I, I, I don't know how you, how you kind well, of rationalize that one. I mean, you think about it. When we had some of the penalties, now you're looking at first and 15, mm-hmm. first and 20, um, and, and you kind of just want to throw the ball. You get a few checkdowns. Now you're getting seven yards, eight yards, and I think at times that's where you kind of get of what get away from the running game. And then you're also down in a football game, so you have to kind of approach it different. You figure a lot of cars passes came in the last couple drives. Yeah, you know, then pushing the ball, uh, trying to get some some movement downfield, but. Um, you know, it's frustrating because he was running the ball well at times. And, you know, it's just, I, you know, I go back to the missed opportunities in the red zone, especially the tight red zone, um, the penalties, because the penalties came at, at, at just the absolute wrong time. You know, an explosive run by Josh Jacobs or the screen pass that they hit, illegal man downfield. Like there was big penalties that got called back that, you know, really hurt this offense. And I think when you get behind the chains like that, it's just natural to keep the ball in the air and keep trying to throw it. And, look, I want to get back to those penalties. I think it's, it's a, a big topic for today. It's a big theme of today. But before we do that, let's hear from, uh, from interim head coach Riz Passaccia. Okay. Um, first and foremost, uh, you know, congratulations to, to Zach and, and uh, his team today. Um, he's done a tremendous job um, with his team over the last two years, put themselves in this position. And, um, you know, as far as our team is concerned, I, I just felt like it was a, it's a group of men that really learned how to care for one another, really learned how to compete with relentless effort to the bitter end, um, day in and day out, improved um, not only as players but as men. And we just uh, ran out of time today. We did some un- uncharacteristic things with um, some penalties and uh, gave up some drives and didn't capitalize when we had it in the red zone at times. and, and um, so just didn't go our way today, but um, can't say enough about 
the men in that locker room, our, our team, and, and the way in which they learned to compete, the way in which they came to work every day, uh, the way in which they expressed um, their admiration for each other. I think you can see it uh, in the play in which they put on the field. So with that, I'll um, take any questions you may have. Rich, um, five trips to the red zone, one touchdown. Is there anything you can put a finger on as far as uh, what was going on there? Yeah, we just didn't play good enough in the red zone today. Didn't come out there enough touchdowns, too many field goals. No, I don't think they really could have. I didn't really talk to them about it at that particular time. And there were some other you know, things that went on in the game um, that we had conversations about, but uh, we didn't talk about that one. Rich, when you say you feel like you guys as a team got there running off the field this season, do you think that's something that you can use to look forward to kind of build that foundation of having success here over here? Well, I think you know, those guys in there did a great job of, to some degree, changing the culture or putting the culture on a, on a, um, a winning track, a winning mentality, a, a um, respectable um, path, I'd like to think. And, and they're responsible for it. The way in which they came to work, like I said, the way in which they improved, and the way in which they competed. You know, we, we've been in this situation a bunch. I think we all felt like on the sideline, we're getting ready to go down there and score and go to overtime and, you know, have a chance to win it. So, again, credit to them. I mean, Bruce, you hear Rich talk about the red zone issues, and, and it's been, you know, fr frankly, it's been an issue that's plagued this team all through this year and through a lot of last year as well. As a former quarterback, like, you get down in that area, right? We understand things are more compact. We th understand things are going fast, and, and things are a lot more difficult for the offense in the red zone. Right. But how do you, I mean, it's a simple question, but how do you turn those field goals into touchdowns? I know. Well, it's just conversions, you know, and eliminating the penalties mm -hmm. and being in the right down a distance. And, because you're right. I mean, the field is compact. There's not as much grass and room to work with. And the thing, the windows happen a lot faster and tighter. And you have to make quick, decisive decisions. You know, the one thing, too, I, I love uh, about Coach is, you know, what I take from is he's, he's always concerned about the players, yeah. right? Just thinking of the guys and how they responded and their mental toughness and all that. And, th and that's why he has a good rapport with them because he genuinely cares about his guys. You think about it. If you're a special teams coach, you're not just dealing with offensive guys or defensive guys. You're dealing with everyone. You're dealing with you know, guys that come from the defense side, offense side, and bringing them together. So you're dealing with the whole team. A lot of times, too, as an offensive coach, when you become an interim head coach, or you're used to your guys on offense, but you've never really probably communicated much defensively. So he just, over his career, is that a really um, – he's done a great job of just being able to navigate that, but also communicate with the whole team. I remember when I was in Tampa Bay, who's our special teams coach, a guy that everyone loved and you talked to. So um, it's just cool to see where this Raiders season went. Yeah. And, and, and look, it, it's not the ideal finish. But it's definitely something to build on, be excited about here in Vegas. Yeah, I mean, you heard Rich say that, too, because, you know, the culture has been built. And if you would have told me, and we've been, I've been really honest about this, like if you would have told me five, six weeks ago that this is where the story would eventually end, yeah. I, I, I would have taken that 100 times right. out of 100. Because make no mistake about it, like as great as that four-game run was, that magical four weeks we just had, I mean, this team prior to that was not playing good football. It was, it was hard to watch. It, it seemed like there was a lack yeah. of identity. But give Rich Basaccia and his credit and his staff all the credit in the world because there were so many times this year, Bruce, where he could have been, thrown his hand up. He said, hey, you know what? I'm just an interim guy. We're just going to get from A to Z. And he got this group ready to go week after week after week. And it sounds kind of silly, but, like, how important is it for this group of guys that, that, excuse me, that, that Rich was just a likable guy? Yeah. Well, and I think to that point, he didn't make decisions like he was an interim head coach. Mm -hmm. Sometimes interim head coaches have to be cautious and careful and, ah, I should just make this. 
Think of the decisions he's he's made throughout this this run. I mean, you're playing the Colts. You go for it on fourth down where you and I were watching the game together and you're thinking to yourself, oh, man, I just kick it, just kick it, go down by yeah. one. But, no, you stay aggressive. And so, you know, you got to give him credit for some of these wins as well. Absolutely. So I, I think the decision-making as well as being the interim head coach, it's, it's not easy. Um, so to have the kahunas to kind of make some of those calls was, was pretty good. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think, obviously, today is the thing that everyone's going to remember, right? Everyone's going to remember how the season ends. Everyone's going to remember 26 to 19. That's going to be the lasting image yeah. in a lot of folks' minds. But I, I would just encourage everyone to remember that it took a lot of people and a lot of places, a lot of pieces to get to this point, right? Yeah. And because we have talked about this season so much, we will continue to talk about the season, the ups, the downs, the things that frankly made this a season unlike any other that most of us have ever seen. And I think, as I said, Rich and his staff deserve a ton of credit. But going back to the game for today, Bruce, what did you think of Burrow? I mean, I think that there were a few throws there where you just look at him, you're like, this is a different kind of dude, huh? Yeah. I mean, look, for you know, I grade every pass for PFF, and he, he, has a, he, he had our number one passing grade this season. Uh, you know, you talk about stable metrics for us, uh, standard drop back pass in a clean pocket pass first and second downgrade. He's top of the charts in all those. And you just see the consistency in which he plays. And also look at the tight red zone when he scrambles mm -hmm. out, makes a touchdown pass. Like, so his athletic ability, he's got it. He can move well in the pocket. He understands how to navigate through that. And he, of course, makes the throws. That one down the middle was a dime. Yeah. And um, so just you got to give the young quarterback a lot of credit. I mean, and that's what Coach said, you know, in his pressure to start off, give Zach Taylor and the Bengals a ton of credit for what they have done. And, you know, and I, I think Burrow, the thing that's interesting about him, and I was saying this all along, is you get a guy like that into the playoffs, he makes me nervous because he's a guy like a Tom Brady. He's a guy that – motivates it and, and, and has the rest of the team elevate their level of play because that's the type of quarterback he is, the player he is. So we could talk about all the awesome things he does on the field, but, man, it's in the locker room. It's how he communicates. It's how he leads. It's the confident, confidence and poise that resonates throughout. And I think that's a, a, a credit to him. And, look, he, he has a bunch of uh, weapons outside yeah. that have done a f phenomenal job for him. Jamar Chase, the rookie year he has had. Uh, so, you know, today didn't end how we'd like, but it was against a good football team. It was against a really good quarterback, and this quarterback's going to be dangerous throughout these playoffs. And speaking of Jamar Chase, he finished his afternoon, his playoff debut, nine catches for 116 yards in – and it seemed like all those catches came in the biggest moments. And I think for me, Bruce, obviously we don't watch a ton of Bengals football, right? But I think having a chance to see that relationship between Chase and Burrow, I mean, there were like four or five of those throws where Burrow, or excuse me, where Chase hasn't even broken out of his route and the ball's right yeah. there. I mean, that's something that's, that's just time on task, right? Well, you figure they, they've played a lot of football together, yeah. going back to college. And, and you think about the first matchup between the Raiders and Bengals, Jamar Chase only had three catches. Like, these were two different football teams early in the season. And, and you know, and we saw it today because we had a Raiders team that was coming off a, a winning streak that was playing with confidence. And then we had a Bengals offense that was playing with a ton of confidence the way they've been playing the last two outings with Joe Burrow still in the lineup. So, I mean, you got to give those two a ton of credit because they are. They're on the same page, and that's very important for a quarterback receiver. Just like we've seen from Derek Carr and Renfro this year, it was good to see Darren Waller back yeah. today. Down the middle, some of those throws and catches, man, in key moments. I mean, that's what it was exciting about today 
and it's just a testament to this Raiders football team is they never gave up. Yeah. You know, at any point in this stretch, they never gave up this season. And then even today specifically, never gave up. Right before half they score. At the end of the game, you're thinking, ah, oh, man, is it down two scores? No. And then, look, we're, we're in a position to tie the ball game up and possibly go for two at the end of win it, so you never know. I mean, I mean, this team took a lot of body, body blows all season, but especially today, too. They took a lot of body blows and give them credit because they got up every single time. Yeah. They responded every single time. And to your point, they go down, they score that touchdown with, you know, 10 seconds left on the clock. Does Rich get oh, crazy man. and go for two? But, hey, we're going to get in the chat, Bruce. I'm going to put you on the spot. Better quarterback for you, Herbert or Burrow, right now? Burrow. I mean, I don't even hesitate. Now, and that's not to diminish or what Herbert's been doing. I mean, his game against us a few weeks ago was impressive, and um, he's done a lot of great things. He plays really well against pressure, and that arm, his size, his athletic ability, it's fun to watch. But to me, Burrow brings more to the table. He's athletic. He has the arm. He's smart. But it's in that locker room, man. It's that mm -hmm. it factor I talk about all the time that a Tom Brady and Rodgers, those guys have that just elevate the playmakers around them. So, I, you know, I'd take Burrow. I mean, it, and it's tough. And, and these are young quarterbacks coming up that are going to be a lot of fun to watch throughout, the, you know, the, the remainder of the playoffs, but also for years to come. So give Burrow and Herbert a lot of credit for what they've already have, uh, have accomplished being so young. You know, you talk about that it factor, right? And I'm curious for your perspective, right? When we think of guys that have, like, the it factor, you, you automatically go to the quarterbacks. That's just the name of the game. But, like, I think that there's guys across this board, across the board for the Raiders that have it. I think of Max Crosby. Max Crosby's a guy that right. I think has right. it, right? And it's hard to quantify it. You, you know, we use all the football cliches, the motor, the relentlessness, all that. But, I mean, Max has every tool in his arsenal to take over a game. And we look back to, to the second half of that Chargers game last week, and I think that there were large stretches of the game where he was the best football player on the field. Yeah. So Max, Max gets his first taste of the postseason. A lot of these guys, a lot of the young nucleus of this Raiders team gets their first taste of the postseason. So today doesn't go their way, but an incredible learning opportunity for all those well, dudes. And you could see you could see how worried the Bengals were about Max yeah. Crosby. I mean, early in the game, they brought guys down to crack block them, to chip them. Because, you, you know, if you're facing him, you want him to know there's guys coming from all different angles to get a piece of you today, and we're not just leaving you one-on-one, -on -one, and he still makes plays, you know? So you're right about that. There's guys that step up at key moments that just have it, right, that find ways to make plays, even when they're doubled, even when it doesn't look like they should make a play, they find a way to make it. And Max Crosby, Crosby is that guy. Back in the chat, Bruce. Uh, if we scored on that final touchdown, would have you gone for two? Man, you know, I, so I was talking about this. I, I would have loved it because here's the thing. You think about where the ball's position. You think about the opportunity you have. You have a chance right then to win the game. It's like ripping a Band-Aid off. You're going to either know then. Right yeah. now, we either won or lost. Now, you could kick it, go into overtime, and, and just play the game, and, and you, you extend it out so it feels better and all that. But if, if you kick the extra point, it's tied. You go to a coin flip. If Burrow wins the coin flip, do you even know you're getting the ball back? You don't. You don't. So you have the perfect opportunity to win the game, right? That's what you have control of. Now, on the other side, you can look at how good our field goal, field goal kicker is, you know, how m many clutch games we won in overtime and so forth. So you can take those things into consideration. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, you're, you're that close. Um, it, it, it's, it's really tough. I mean, I, I would say, yes, I would have gone for two. But in actuality, man, you kick, you go into overtime, 
But you, you hope you win the toss. You hope you get a stop defensively or at least hold them to a field goal. So then you have an opportunity to go down the field. It's it's a tough call, man. But I would have loved to have seen Coach in that position. And Reese kind of implied that he was going to take it to overtime. But I'll just say this. When your running back is averaging north of six yards a carry, I think I would do it. I think I'd roll I, the dice. Yeah. I mean, because you, you're in a position on the field you could throw or, you know, run the ball. So I, I don't know, man. You, and I know, you know, Ole – He's got a stack of probably two-point plays that probably would have looked nice. And I would have loved if we were in that position to see what they would have done. But Coach Basaccia, being a special teams guy, he probably kicks it, going to overtime, and look, and play the game. And, and you can't blame him for that either. No, you can't. And look, his team played their heart out, right? The fact that they even got to that point to have that conversation. Well, I, didn't, I guess they didn't. But to, to have a chance to score on the final play is, is a huge testament to all of them. And a guy who also played really well, a guy who finally got his chance to play in the postseason. And we'll talk about him in a sec. But we're going to hear from Derek Carr uh, at the podium right now. Five trips to the red zone, one touchdown. Uh, frustrated about, obviously, about that. Anything that you could put your finger on what was going on there? Yeah, I mean, I can absolutely see it, you know. Um, I don't think penalties helped um, on some of them. Uh, but talking about the red zone and all that, like everything is just frustrating right now. You know, I didn't expect it to go this way. I didn't feel like it was going to go this way all during the game at any point. Um, all the way up until the last, you know, one, a couple seconds. So. Uh, everything just pretty frustrating when you look at, especially that. When you've been in that situation so many times, do you feel like it's done? We're going to do this again, just like we absolutely, did. just like I always do. And um, everyone on the sidelines like, oh, we're going to score, you know. And we believed it. We went down there. It just sucks when you get in that situation. You, I mean, you just got to throw the ball. You got to try and, you know, throw it into the end zone and try and get some hands on. You know, they're going to get close. Or you know, the play before that, I threw the inside route to Zay, or two plays before. There's three bodies in there. It's just at that time you gotta get the ball in the end zone, and it sucks that it comes down to something like that. You know, I wish, I wish it didn't. I wish we would execute a little bit better earlier on, so it didn't come down to that. But going down the field, we have full confidence. What you see in the last play, along with the interception? What you see? Yeah, there. I mean, the hook player was, you know, right there near the hash, and I mean, it's a swirl route, so he's coming back in. It's gonna be a tight. I mean, it's gonna be hands everywhere. You know. And uh, I just tried to throw it hard to where the guy wouldn't catch it. He made a great catch, but it's uh, sucks, man. Just trying to throw it away from the safe, move the safety, and gives Zay a chance to win the game. And uh, he ran, you know, he did his best, ran a great route. And, but I can't not say 50, 57 made a great play. I mean, he great, made a great catch. Yeah, man, I mean, it's tough. I mean, you look at Derek's day there, you can hear the frustration in his voice. You can hear how much he cares, right? And I think that while the result wasn't there, I think. The one thing that, at least as a fan, that you can take solace in is Derek got his shot in the postseason. I mean, everything that this guy has been through yeah. over the past six, seven, eight years, all the questions he's had to answer, how many times he's had to sit at that podium and say, I believe in the guys in this locker room, I believe in myself. And the fact that he got to have his moment today, and albeit it, it wasn't the way that he wanted it to go, I mean, you got to feel good just on a very human level for him. Yeah, I mean, just, just the leadership aspect of it of how he led during this season you know I was impressed with you know at, at key moments during the season how he stepped up how he communicated uh you know I thought that was key you know tonight on that last drive I'm sure he wants a, a few of those throws back you know and and I knew you got to push it in the end zone and so forth like that but there's probably other decisions that could have been made in those moments you know maybe you know I don't know if you want to target Zay Jones multiple times in that position. Where's Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro? You know, 
to have different options like that. And and look, hindsight's twenty twenty. Sure. You know, and you're in that position. It's tough, man. And, and you, the clock's against you as well. So time's ticking. Plays are going. You got to make quick, fast, decisive decisions. We talk about the red zone, how how tight those windows are. And he's right. That swirl route. It's basically like a corner stop. You act like you're going to the corner. You put the brakes on. You swirl back in. And, you know, he just tried firing it in there. But, of course, everyone's going to be playing right on that goal line, waiting for those throws. And it's just tough. I, I wish it would have came down to a touchdown and we would have saw what would have happened after that. But um, you just have to give Derek Carr, the Raiders, just a ton of credit for how they continue to fight. And, and look, he's leading this team, so you got to give him credit. I, I feel like the team always takes on the personality of the head coach and the quarterback. So I think with Coach Bisacci and Derek Carr, they've, they've done a phenomenal job this year getting this team where they are today. You know, a team of fighters, no doubt about that. And, you know, I, I've been joking with people where I look forward to the 30 for 30 about this team, about this season at yeah. some point because the highs, the lows, the in-betweens that this group of guys has gone through is, is pretty unbelievable. But the season ends, Bruce, today. Obviously, the, the Raiders gets the postseason, which is a net positive. The postseason does not go the way that they want, so unfortunately negative there. But now this team gets back. They'll be back here late night tonight here in Vegas. What do the next 24 or 48 hours look like for the guys in that locker room? Do you have end-of-season meetings? Do you go back and do you watch this film? Like, take Take me into yeah. the mind of a Derek, of a Max, of a Unique. What's what's it looking like now? Well, you know what's so crazy is when the season over, is, is over, it's over. Yeah. I mean, it ends abruptly. And that's the craziest thing about the NFL. I remember after every season, man, you're all in. The preparation, everything that went into this week to get prepared for this game. And just like that, it's done. And tomorrow, yeah, you might come in, have a team meeting, you know, gather some things in the locker room you need or want, clean it up a little bit. But, man, it's done. You're done. The season's over. You're not in this. You don't watch the film. You move, That's it. Really? Yeah. You No, it's you're done, man. That's it. The season's over. You have a team meeting. You know, you'll probably talk over some plays just because naturally as a, a competitor, yeah. as a coach, a player, you're always like, oh, man, what about that play? Yeah. I should have maybe called this or, oh, if I would have hit this. And you're just always running. You know, they're on the plane right now thinking that. Like, ah, oh, what if we would have done this? And it just eats you alive in a sense. But, no, you never watch the film, not as a group. You know, Derek might watch it just to see. He might watch specific plays. But, man, when the season's done, it's done. See, it's, it. it's so funny that you bring that up because I was sitting back in my office earlier getting ready for this, and I, I had that same thought where it's like the finality of this is so abrupt, right? It's not like you kind of ease your way into it. And it's – you know, I don't want to say it's better or worse, but if you're if you're a team that has three wins week 11, you kind of know when the season's ending. Right. You can kind of naturally yeah. get to that place. But for us, every guy in that locker room thought they were going to come to work tomorrow and they were going to start game planning for whoever the next opponent was. That's not the case. And it, it is it is wild to think that this journey for this group started back in training camp in July in the, in the heat of the desert, and now it just ends like that. And it, it's so quick. Just like that. I mean, and it is. And you, you talk about it, it started during training camp. It starts way before that, yeah. you know, with the offseason program yeah. and everything like that. So it's such a long journey, and you're so invested physically, mentally, emotionally, and then it does. It just ends like that. And, you know, it's and it's sad. And that's why Coach Passaccia, you know, shed some tears, like Darren Waller said, because – it's an emotional time. You get so tight to a group and never, you know, the next year you'll, you'll have similar guys back. You'll have a continuity of guys, but it's never the same. Yeah. Every team changes from year to year. It's just a different, it's just different. It's, it's how it is. It's not high school. It's not college. 
you have free agency, you have the draft, your team always forms different than it was the year before. So every year, this is just, it's, it's always a special group, but then you move on. So it's, it's emotional, you know, because you have ties with coaches, players, you know, this guy might move on, this guy, this coach, and it's just tough. And I feel like everyone, uh, when the season ends, they understand the business side of the game too, right? I yeah. think that during, you know, from week one to week 18, 19, whatever it is now, like you can be like, hey, we're focused on this and we're a bunch of guys with one common goal, but then the season ends and now you're like, okay, this is this is a business. I got to do what's best for me. I got to do what's best for my family. And to your point, it's never the same, yeah. right? It's never the same. And and I think, Bruce, as we get ready to wrap it up here and head off for our off season, it's going to be interesting to me how we remember this team, right? And every year, to your point, has its own feeling. It has its own group of dudes. It, has, it takes on its own vibe. But I think that when we're talking 10, 20 years from now, when you and I are old men drinking at the bar, then we talk about this group, that the team, that, that the fan base is going to look on them very favorably, right? Yeah. I think because through all the ups and downs they went through, through all the things that were, frankly, out of their control, it was a group that stayed together, that got to the postseason, that was competitive week after week right. after week, and had... 25 times they could have just packed it in and given it up, and they didn't do it once, and I think they're to be commended for that. No, absolutely. There, there were so many negative points to the season, but to highlight the positive points, because there are a ton of positives that have come out from the adversity that they have faced, and, and that's where you look at the mental toughness of the group, the leadership of the group, how they held together, stayed strong, and finished strong, finished the year strong. And you got to give them a lot of credit for that because there's a very positive light to be shown upon this group of what they've accomplished this year. And they got to the postseason, right? And like we talked about six weeks ago, I never would have believed that this group was going to go to the postseason, but they did it. And Rich deserves a ton of credit. His staff deserves a ton of credit. The front office deserves a ton of credit. And perhaps most importantly, all the guys in that locker room deserve all the credit in the world for not packing it in and going to work every single day, even when it wasn't yeah. easy, and putting their best foot forward, man. They really do. No, absolutely. I mean, it, it was. It was just, you know, you think about the things they had to manage and fight through and and show up to work when it's yeah. uncomfortable and put in the work and get through that day. And that's why as football players, we always focus on what we can control one day at a time, one play at a time, one snap at a time. And I think this Raiders group did. They should be proud of themselves and what they've accomplished this year and, and look forward to, to what's ahead because I think there's a – a lot of special things ahead for the Raiders organization. Yeah, very bright things ahead for this organization, for this city, for everyone here. It's an exciting time to be a Raiders fan. Obviously, today is not our day, but there will be more days filled with bright, happy memories and uh, and things going forward. So, on that note, Bruce, we're out. This has been great for Eddie Pascal, my man Bruce Gardkowski, Peyton in the control room, everyone who has helped us get this from A to Z. We thank you, thank you, thank you. And we'll see you guys next time for our next edition of the Fifth Quarter.